Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 7, Episode 2 of 7th Heaven. The title is Monkey Business Do, um, or in Germany the title is Ape Theater um, Do, or Part 2, whatever um, we don't actually know. Uh, our IMDb user synopsis is, Simon starts a dating service, Mary and Jack are planning to move to Florida, Annie and Eric have their hands full with family events. What? <laughs> wait, wait, that's the summary? <laughs> yeah. Family events. Um, Good. So that really didn't... They're, no. They're getting less detailed So with this new uh, author. But what was your first impression of this episode, other than the obvious character impressions you had? Actually, no, those are important. Um... So I have done a thorough character study of Kevin Kinkirk uh, in this episode, and um, I would definitely like to get into the fact that I think he is potentially a violent human being. Um, I don't know, he he really is rubbing me the wrong way, um, and I don't like how he's kind of just, like, forced himself into the Camden family. Um, I don't, I actually don't know what was going on in this episode, not because, like, we weren't paying attention, but mostly because there were all these things coming out of left field. Like, suddenly there's a Robbie Mary plot. Um, there's, like, this weird tension between Kevin and um, Ruthie. I don't, like, I don't know. There were just some things that came out of left field for me. Uh, they're still trying to stick to this thing where, like, Lucy doesn't want to get married. And I'm just, I don't really get it. Um... I don't know. I think I know that you said like they jumped the shark later on, but this kind of feels, feels like, like they already did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess let's get started with the cold open. We have Mary sneaking out of the room. Uh, I think she's like trying to. She's trying to get to work early without seeing anybody in the house. And we have uh, Lucy and Ruthie who are pretending to be asleep, and they kind of jolt up out of bed as soon as Mary leaves, and are talking about the fact that there's a. Um, moratorium, that's the right word, right? Mm-hmm. On um, anybody... Yeah, speaking to um, Mary about her decision to be with Captain Jack. We re- we From, like, I think our context clues, we can find out that it's been about a week since we first met Captain Jack. So they so Mary's been home for about a week, and she's been actively seeing Captain Jack around Glen Oak for a week. Uh, and nobody's supposed to talk to her, but everybody has talked to her. We learn that Ruthie's talked to her already and that Lucy has as well. And that's where the cold open ends. Yeah, so let's get into Mary's storyline. Um, so, as we said, she's been sneaking out to avoid the family um, because she doesn't want to hear it from anyone because she's already heard it from everyone. So, um, we the Rev finally catches up with her when she's in her car in front of the house and the Rev comes out in his pajamas with his coffee. And he's like, Oh, I'm finally getting a chance to see you and talk to you. Um, you've been like leaving for work at like 4am every morning. Um, so he is like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying my coffee. I want to sit there here and talk to you while I enjoy my coffee. 
And um, he gets in the car and he immediately starts talking about Captain Jack and how he how it's like not okay that Mary is dating someone who's so much older than her. Um, he's still convinced that something is up that he's using her for some reason. Or did you write down what he called the names that he called? Oh yeah, he called him a cradle robbing low life sky jockey. Um, just saying generally unkind things about Captain Jack. Um, everybody in the family is convinced that the reason that Mary is, quote-unquote, acting out like this is because she's really in love with Ben and that she's very hurt by Ben and his old London girlfriend. Now, I, I mean, if this is the case, then this is, like, stupid. But I actually don't think this is the case. I, like, don't, I don't know, I get why the family has such an adverse reaction to this, but I really have to set on Mary with this. I don't really see a problem with it. We discussed this in the last episode, and I'm going to stick to my guns here. There's nothing that's been shown so far that really shows me that, like, Mary's in the wrong somehow. I mean, this might not be conventional, conventional, but, like, she has every right to date whoever she wants to date. And right. Jack seems like a good enough leathery-faced man, so... <laughs> That's fine with me, but uh, I think the Rev basically makes it worse during this conversation because he repeatedly calls what Mary is doing stupid. And again, as Aaron said, like, repeatedly calls him names. And I think this is kind of the last straw for her because she jets off, and that's really the last we see of Mary all episode. Um, we have some, like, in-between scenes here and there where um, Annie's kind of upset with the Rev for talking to her, uh, for talking for for the Rev talking to her when, when Annie like explicitly said don't say anything because if you do you're just going to push her into the arms of the captain the Rev shows up at I guess the captain's hotel and we don't really see this conversation happening but they have some sort of conversation and at the end of the episode we find out that she's been pushed over the edge like Mary's been pushed over the edge so much that she's decided to make her base in Fort Lauderdale not Glen Oak, not Buffalo, not New York, so not around her family or any other family members or Ben, but where Captain Jack is mm-hmm. stationed. And that's kind of the end of it there. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if she's going to come back. This is Mary taking her life in her own hands. And I got to say, I'm right there with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would run away from that family, too. <laughs> if I had the chance. Yes. Thankfully, we were never put in that situation, so we're a-okay. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll go to everybody else <laughs> next. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of like a big um, hodgepodge of ev- of characters. Oh, wait. Can, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention one scene, which I guess relates like uh, to Mary a little bit. The scene with Lou and the Rev... Yeah. Okay. This is weird. Yeah. Um, so the, after the Rev is out in the, well, did we even... No, we didn't talk about what, how that ended. So anyway, after he's in the, in the car having his coffee with Mary, um, Mary starts to speed away while he's still in the car. And then she's like, stops. And she's like, okay, get out. I need to go to work. So he gets out, and as Mary speeds away, he screams in the middle of the street in his pajamas that every time she thinks of kissing Captain Jack, he hopes that she thinks of her father. So Lou comes to talk to the Rev because he's like, you and your family have been doing some things that are reflecting poorly on the church and the community, and I just wanted to stop by to talk to you about some things I've been hearing. So 
he's like, first, there's Ma- Mary who's dating, you know, this older man, and people have seen her out and about with him, and they just generally don't approve. And Lucy's fiancé boyfriend is living in um, your garage, and it's the garage that is on the church land, and um, people are uncomfortable with the potential of cohabitation before marriage happening on church property. Uh, and then finally, he's like, oh, nothing's wrong with Simon, nothing's wrong with Ruthie. Oh, well, Ruthie has a new friend. Oh, yeah, Ruthie's chimpanzee friend. Um, and then he's like, everybody loves Annie. And then there's you, and you were in your pajamas this morning screaming about kissing your daughter in the street. So he's just like, get your family to clean up their act. Um, so anyway, we'll get to... Um, the hodgepodge. The hodgepodge. Um, I don't know exactly. So... I guess we'll start with the fact that, um, so, like, Ruthie... Okay, so Ro- I guess it starts with Robbie and Simon talking about the fact that they both tried to talk to Mary about, like, um, Jack. And then it gets into, um, I think, Ruthie trying to figure out where Simon is getting all this money from. Because he has a new shirt. A new look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ruthie, as we know, is very intelligent and picks up on things right away. So she tries to eavesdrop on a conversation between Robbie and Simon, where Robbie's like, she's on to you. (laughs) <laughs> and Simon's like, oh, it's fine, I'm fine, like, everything's going great. And, and Robbie screams, like, very loudly something about, like, oh, you're taking, like, your escort service, you're taking girls on dates for money, um, and Ruthie overhears all of this. Uh, oh, and Simon says, well, it's not like I'm, you know, having sex for money, um, and that's kind of all that Ruthie hears. When Kevin, the giant asshole that he is, walks up and he screams so everybody can hear on the on the floor, um, good morning, Ruthie. So then um, Simon and Robbie are alerted to the fact that Ruthie was outside of the door eavesdropping. Simon is horrified, and he's like, oh, how much did you hear? Um, Ruthie says she hasn't heard anything, although now she thinks that Simon is having sex for money. Um, and we have So this is when we have, as I said um, about my first impressions, is kind of like Kevin seems to be someone that doesn't put up with Ruthie's shit. And although, like... I would commend that in any other scenario because I really liked when, like, Robbie would call her out on her stuff. Um, I don't like it when Kevin does it just because I don't like Kevin's character at all. And I feel like I if wish there was somebody else that would be the one that would, like, put Ruthie in her place from time to time because, you know, Ruthie does get away with everything. But I hate that it's Kevin. Um, <laughs> Kevin's main reason for being in the apartment during his, like, police work break not the apartment, sorry, in the house, is because he wants Robbie to move to the garage apartment so he can move into Ruthie's old room. And this is kind of like another storyline where uh, basically Kevin's learned from Mary that Robbie and Lucy had an accidental sleepover in the Hello Kitty room. Which is just absolute bullshit. And um, now he's... Concerned and jealous about the fact that Robbie is sniffing around Lucy. And Robbie's like, look, I know you like think it's a whole big thing because we used to date, but I ne- was never in love with Lucy. It was never about that. The only person I was ever in love with was, was Mary. Mary. And I thought for sure he was in love with Joy, though. <laughs> he had that, that big, long, that Valentine's Day episode with, with Joy. He definitely was indicating that he felt very, very strongly for her. But... Now she is gone. Joy is no more. There is no more joy. Um, so Kevin seems to, like I know Kevin is like 
meant to be the love of Lucy's life, and he's, like, moved into the garage apartment and everything. But he knows nothing about the Camdens because he didn't know about Robbie and Lucy dating, and he didn't know about Robbie and Mary dating. And that was, like, what, like, three seasons long or something? Right, that was longer than any anyone else that he's dated, so. Yeah, and so Robbie explains, like, the whole thing with Mary, and... Uh, Kevin kind of jumps on this as, like, an opportunity to get Robbie away from Lucy. He's like, well, do you still have feelings for Mary? And he's like, actually, yeah, I think I'm in love with Mary. And I'm just like, are we back on this merry-go-round again? <laughs> um, like, Merry-go-round? <laughs> no. oh, jokes, 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 jokes. Um, and Kevin, as, again, a way to get Robbie away, convinces Robbie to confess his feelings to Mary. So there's that plot going on. And then Lucy confronts Kevin about Kevin confronting Robbie about the sleepover. And if that sounds convoluted, it's because it it is. is. And this is what I noticed, some peculiar things about Kevin Kinkirk. Um, So you all know that we are not Lucy's biggest fans. Or Kevin's biggest fans. Definitely not Kevin's biggest fans. Uh, but, like, and yeah, Lucy is the worst. And, yeah, I don't really... And she deserves the worst. Yeah, she, the, completely true. But not abusive worst. But not abusive worst. Like, I just, I feel like the way that, like, the actor that plays Kevin and the ca- character that Kevin is playing, like, whatever he is, is very, like, alpha male, like, type A very, like, alpha dog, like, I'm in charge kind of personality, but it kind of veers towards the edge of, like, violent, kind of controlling, kind of, like, laughs in the face of any challenge kind of way. So, like, when Lucy's like, I don't really appreciate it that you're talking to Robbie about things before you're talking to me, or, like, I don't want you to just, like, kiss me every time, like, I'm angry, like, we have to have conversations, and Kevin just kind of laughs and continues to, like, kiss her. I'm like, this is... Not okay. And, like, I feel like, I don't know, if they wanted to go this route, it would be very easy to, like, turn Kevin into a bad guy. Yes. Like, I know, and I really appreciated this one line that Ruthie said about Kevin, which was, like, give a guy a gun and a uniform and he thinks he can, like, rule the world. I thought that was very telling of Kevin's character. Yeah. Um, Also, um, I don't know... It's not unprompted. Who tell? Well, Ben shows up to Glen Oak, um, to the Camden house. Um, to I guess in some bid to get Mary back or stop her from making a mistake with Captain Jack. Um, well, he's moving there. He like sh- is shipping all his stuff to Glen Oak. He's asked for a transfer. Everybody's just constantly asking for transfers. The Glen Oak, <laughs> like fire department and police department, are getting like over. I don't know. They're. They're going to have too many people. Too many buffalo implants. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Ben shows up, but Mary's nowhere to be found. We have like this kind of heartfelt moment between brothers where they're trying to figure out what to do about the Camden women in their life, which seems to constantly be the theme between the King Kirk brothers. I got to say I like Ben more than I like Kevin, mostly because Ben seems harmless. Um, And also I like his relationship with Ruthie. Uh... Ruthie and Kevin kind of make up and, like, find even ground where they're both, like, treating each other like adults. Ruthie kind of, well, Ruthie says, I really appreciate that Kevin treats me like an adult to Lucy. And Lucy's like, I wish he'd treat me like an adult. And and Ruthie says, very smartly, well, maybe if you started acting like one, he would. 
And yes. this is when, like, Ruthie's like, what is going on with you? Like, what do you want from him? Because he's, like, ready to give you everything, and you're just, like, not doing anything. Um, and there is, like, a sort of heart-to-heart with um, Kevin and Lucy where we learn I guess it's some sort of explanation for Lucy's character change and the fact that she's like, I don't want to get married. It's she says that she already like gave everything up or whatever to try to like to try to get engaged to Jeremy. And then she looked she was absolutely humiliated when he broke it off. So that's why she's uncertain uh, or hesitant to um, get engaged to Kevin uh, I still think that's bullshit because, like, she's the one that had to give everything up, move to New York, do all these things. But in this case, like, everything's coming to her on a fucking silver platter. Like, Kevin moved from Buffalo. Kevin has a job here. Kevin's, like, loved by the family. He's, like, there in the freaking house for her. And she's she's not having to give anything up. All she has to do is say yes. Yeah. I mean, she shouldn't because he'll kill her. But, yeah. Um, well... That's, I think, it for, like, the hodgepodge of the... Oh, we have, like, a weird scene in the middle where Robbie calls Mary and leaves a message about talking about us. But I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. Yeah. And, Uh, yeah, I think that's really it for Ruthie, Lucy, Kevin, and Robbie. So let's move on to... Simon. Scandalous. I know. Uh, So... He's been going out with Claire Cleavage for a week. (laughs) Okay, which we learn from a conversation that he has with Cecilia, because Cecilia is trying to get a date with Simon, but like a real date, not a paid date. Um, she, we learn that she broke up with her boyfriend that interrupted her last date with Simon, and she's on the prowl. Um, but Simon has his schedule full with dates with women who are paying him. So he says to Cecilia that he wants to keep his personal life and his business life separate, and it would be weird to go on a date with somebody who had previously paid him. So, um, the, I don't know. He, they're, they're not going to go on a date for now. He breaks Cecilia's heart, basically. But Cecilia still really cares about him. So, but two, before, like, Cecilia shows up to the Camden household, we have a bunch of scenes where, like, Robbie, Ruthie... Kevin, they're all like trying to tell Simon that he shouldn't continue doing this escort service. And Simon doesn't really like pay heed to any of them. Uh, There's like a brief moment where he tries to move into the garage apartment and Andy's like, no. Um, And then Cecilia shows up and has a conversation with the ref where she reveals that uh, Simon was paid to go on a date with her. And then we have a throwback to Alvin. Alvin and the Chipmunks, yep. because the Rev is like, Simon, you know, yeah. in that way. In that tone. Uh, and this is when the, 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 the business model comes crumbling down. Yeah. Um, all of the secrets are spilled, once, uh, obviously by Cecilia and then by Simon himself, because he doesn't like he doesn't know what uh, Cecilia actually said to the Rev, so he gets in trouble, obviously. And then once he's talking to Cecilia, and he's basically like reading her the riot riot act, like you don't know what you've done. We can never go on a date again. Like you just ruined my life. I'm never gonna be able to drive my car again. Blah 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 blah. And then Cecilia's like, well, maybe you should listen to me because the girl you've been going out for with for a week is pregnant, and everybody thinks it's yours. Dun, dun, dun. And 
that's how the episode basically ends. Did Simon do it? Did Simon have sex? Stay tuned. Find out. Camden cast out. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, so, if you want, uh, what, nope, what, are you going to rate this episode? Um, I think this one was worse than the season premiere. Um, why does this always happen? The two-parters, the second part is always worse than the first part. Um. Because they don't know what they're doing. I think I will give this a three. I'm giving this a 2.5. Yes. Because it was bad. So we're, uh, Seventh Heaven's going back to its kind of model of having storylines bleed through episodes, uh, because a lot of things are left up in the air. So if you want to hear what's happening next with Simon, with Mary, with Kevin, (laughs) then, uh, listen to us on, uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays or any day of the week you please, um, on the Apple iTunes podcast, uh, app. You're there. Uh, we're also on the Stitch on Stitcher, and we're also on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast. We post videos and uh, screenshots of seventh hundred episodes, sometimes funny, sometimes not, on Instagram and Twitter. We work with what we can, what we are, what we're given. Our handles are at CamdenCastShow and Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. You can also email us at uh, CamdenCast at gmail.com. I am Danby. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast. You find